Black Star Woodcrafts. Have you checked it out yet? If not, I don't know what you're doing. I have no idea what you're doing. My buddy Scott, who has his shop, makes these wood products that are absolutely amazing. He's a sponsor of our show. Been with us since the very beginning. And the products he makes are absolutely out of this world. Um, that's the reason why I talk about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't. If he made crap, it wouldn't be a sponsor. Because I'm in that position. I can do that. I can be like, you know what? Just because you want to be a sponsor doesn't mean you get to be a sponsor. You got to do good stuff. He does amazing stuff. Both the wedding bands my wife and I have that we wear, he made. There are these wood rings with these wood polished inlay on them. They're absolutely beautiful looking. And he does all kinds of stuff. Bath caddies, uh, cutting boards, clocks, pens. The pens that he makes are really, really great. They're wood pens that are stained and polished and absolutely gorgeous. Everything he makes is custom made. Like there's no cookie cutter process here. There's no like, oh, I'm going to design this kind of pen and then just crank it all out. So if there's a color you want, there's a design you want, you want something inscribed on it, um, I don't know, something like a keepsake box. If you wanted something like that for you or for a family member, he could totally do that. For Christmas last year, for my mom, she's really big into sewing and crochet and that kind of stuff. I got her a set of crochet hooks with two different handles that he made that just look absolutely amazing. Comfortable to hold, beautiful. They're not just functional, they're showpieces. And I absolutely cannot recommend it enough. And Scott is about like one of the most stand-up guys you'll ever meet in your life. He's not there to bullshit you. He's not there to, you know, charge you a whole bunch of money for something he's going to make quick and cheap and get it off to you. Um, and you can contact him directly through his Facebook page and Instagram page, Black Star Woodcrafts. So if there's something you want, talk to him about it. He'll go back and forth with you, help you design it, give you some ideas, um, and then work out a price on when he can get that done. And if you go there for being a listener to this podcast and for him being a sponsor of this podcast, you will get 10% off your order. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Get it done. I guarantee you, I'm giving you the James Finch and the Finch So Guarantee you will absolutely not be disappointed. But on to the podcast today. Today on the podcast, I had Stephanie King. And <clears throat> while we knew each other from back in the day, this one got tipped off. Um, my, my brother, Chris Davis, he messaged me a week ago and he said, hey, you got to have Stephanie on the podcast. She's got this crazy story about her daughter and CBD oil saving her life. Um, so I messaged her and said, let's do this. And she said, yeah, let's totally do this. So she came over, came into the house. We sat down and did the podcast. So, um, we talked about CBD oil and cannabis and the good side, the, you know, the, the plus side of this stuff, which I was glad she did because it's something that I'm an absolute idiot about. I hardly know anything about it all other than be the person who, walks up to two people having a conversation about it and I just nod my head and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, oh yeah, totally. So I was glad that she could come on and put some information into my small brain about it. I really, really appreciate her coming. We had a really good conversation. Um, I hope you enjoy it. So ladies and gentlemen, without further mountain dew, here is Stephanie. <laughs>
Okay, we're here. Stephanie's here. She's sitting across from me. Um, where do you want to start? Gosh, I don't know. Oh, you don't know. Okay. So Chris, who's been on the podcast a couple times, we both know him well. Mm -hmm. I'll just get right into this thing. He messaged me last week and said, hey, you need to have Stephanie on. She knows a ton about medicinal marijuana, which is great because I don't know a lot about it at all. Um, so I'll just let you start there. There was a, with your daughter, right? Yep. My, um, she's six now. When Emerson was two, she was diagnosed with epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through the whole process of diagnosis and medical model type situation. Um, she was put on, so this was just before she turned two. She could tell me her name, her favorite color, her favorite food, all that jazz. Diagnosed with epilepsy, um, we followed the doctor's orders. Obviously, as a parent, you want to help your baby. And they started her on a pharmaceutical called Keppra. Okay. And with Keppra came complete regression. She lost all of her speech. Hmm. She walked like she was drunk. She couldn't run. She couldn't play. She couldn't climb. She was a shell mm. of her former self. And um, so that process started with the Keppra. And then when the Keppra didn't control the seizures, it was a different medication. And we basically went through all of them. So it was this uh, trial and error type of situation where they just throw pharmaceuticals at her and you're watching your child suffer. Yeah. Um, these god-awful side effects. And as a parent, you have to step back and really question what you're doing. Is what I'm doing helping my child? And it was very clear that it wasn't. Um, she was having... So her type of epilepsy wasn't like the grand mall fully involved seizures, although she has had a few of those. Her seizures were, it almost looked like she had a chill and she'd shiver and it would last for about 30 seconds. She'd never lose consciousness, but then she'd be fine. But that would happen sometimes 12, 12 times a day. Wow. Um, sometimes more full moon type of situations we'd see more. Um, all of these medications, none of them even reduced her mm. seizures, never stopped her seizures, never helped her seizures. Each one of them came with a new set of these side effects. And so, you know, we're seven months into this and I'm trying to listen to the doctors because they're supposed to be helping my child. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be able to trust what they're telling me. And at the same time, I'm looking at my baby and she's just, a shell of herself yeah and so I, I took a step back and I was like this there has to be there has to be something better and that's when I immersed myself in learning about medical cannabis um, CBD THC all of the different aspects and what works for epilepsy you know you've seen the stories on the nightly news like Charlotte's Web and these miraculous stories of these girls who were having those deadly seizures repetitively every day and here the CBD oil supposedly stops them and so I had to do my research completely immersed myself in learning every aspect of it you know the endocannabinoid system and why <laughs> it's you know our ECS it exists in every living thing how CBD helps that how THC helps that and then I had to go to her doctors because I was no longer willing to keep giving her these medications. Right. 
So the medical model just sets you up to keep trying something until it works. Mm -hmm. To find a pediatrician neurologist that was willing to step outside of that model in that box and stand with me in the idea that something natural might help mm -hmm. was not easy. Yeah. Um, at the time we had, our neurologist was in Rockford and she was wonderful and she had started another patient, young child, on cannabis oil and had great success. And so I had that kind of helping mm -hmm. my case, but I still, she wasn't necessarily open to it at first. And so I just went back to the drawing board and I gathered all the information and I put together my case and I marched in and I was like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. We're coming off of the Kepro. We're starting the cannabis oil. I need you to help me get her medical cannabis card. And let's see. Worst case scenario, it doesn't do anything, but the pharmaceuticals aren't doing anything. They're only hurting her. Right. So that was that. And she was on board and it was wonderful. Um, we got her medical cannabis card and we started with um, just, it's called FICO, full extract cannabis oil. And okay. so it's um, in a syringe and it's just like the size of a piece of rice is the dose. So with this cannabis oil, you don't you don't get high. Right. So you're going, especially if you go to a dispensary, they're setting you up for your personal case. Like they knew she was a child. We didn't want mass amounts of THC, so on and so forth. We had tried the hemp-derived CBD oil, and it helped her speech and her motor skills, but it didn't stop the seizures. So we got her medical card and started the uh, cannabis oil, and man, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't an immediate stop to the seizures, but I want to say two weeks into daily dosing, she had gained back about 20% of her speech. Oh, wow. So, I mean, she had progressed to the point of being able to say mom. Mm -hmm. And here she is talking words, more and more words every day. And it was really, it's been nonstop since then. It's mm -hmm. kind of had that snowball effect where she's come back a little bit more, the clarity in her eyes, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was helping her in that aspect, but it wasn't stopping her seizures. So then you have to try different strains. Our first strain was um, Sweet Relief, and it's again that higher CBD strain. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's only so many of those, though, where you're getting more CBD than you are THC. And so we went through about three different oils, and we landed on what she currently takes, which is Sweet Pea. And um, man, seizures, she's. She'll be two years seizure-free. Oh, wow. Completely no seizures. Um, she's talking, running, climbing, swinging, riding a bike, doing all of the things that a six-year-old child should do, finally. Oh, my God. And, um, yeah, almost two years, knock on wood. Wow. So you're a fan. I'm a huge yeah. fan. <laughs> huge fan. I'm a huge advocate, um, not just for her, but for so many people mm -hmm. um you know one of my biggest things is during all of this trial and error even when we did the hemp derived um, oil and it wasn't working and then she started having those major 
grandma type seizures and that would only happen when she had an ear infection. The rescue medication associated with those big seizures that you have to give after they seize after, you know, for so many minutes you have to administer this. The side effects were sudden death. Oh my God. Um, basically, once you administered it, if you were lucky and they came out of the seizure, the recovery time just from the medication dosed was up to 12 hours in like a medically induced coma. Wow. Oh um, my God. And I'm looking at my two-year-old thinking, there's no way. Yeah. I'm doing this. Oh. Um, we ended up having to go to Colorado. Oh, okay. And so that was a huge part of our story. It was this discovery where I was purchasing her hemp-based oil um, from a company called Haley's Hope. Fully organic, completely vetted, tested, amazing CBD oil. They also make a rescue spray. And the rescue spray is administered in the nostril. And it's one to two sprays, and it's, th it's pure THC. So yes, there is a high. Mm -hmm. But you're not risking death. Um, and yes, they may need to sleep it off for a little bit, but it's not going to be a 12 hour induced situation where you have to monitor heart rate and breathing and all of that. Well, and it probably doesn't have the potential sudden death aspect exactly. to it either. Yeah. Exactly. And um, there, there's no death, you know, possibility with cannabis, thankfully. So we ended up having to go basically, you know, in the cover of night. Mm -hmm. It was illegal to cross state lines with it. But I had two options. Either I went to the pharmacy on the corner and I got this medication that has to be administered rectally while they seize mm -hmm. that could either stop her seizure or kill her. Right. Um, with huge detrimental after effects. Or I broke the law. Mm-hmm. And I went to Colorado and I got this spray and I had, it had just come out and was just a new thing. It's a 30 second rescue. Oh, wow. So, Whoa. you know, they're in the midst of these massive seizures and it's one to two sprays in the nostril with a little rub and they come out of it. Wow. The seizing just stops. Oh my God. So it, to me, there was no question as to what I had to do. Oh yeah. Um, but that whole process lends to my passion behind medical cannabis and the fact that something that is completely unharmful, mm -hmm. completely natural, is not readily available to any man, woman, or child that can benefit from it is appalling. Yeah. That any parent would have to travel the way that I did. Yeah. Across however many states, and you know, financially, it was nearly impossible. Mm -hmm. um, because Jared, my husband, is the only one working at that time because she was seizing so often. Daycares won't take a child with seizures. Yeah. Um, yeah. And financially, it was a huge undertaking, but we had a lot of friends that came together and got us there. So we went and got the rescue spray, and the rest was history. Yeah. I would imagine there's no doubt any parent would do that. Right. I mean, the extent, I mean, that's, that's like the most horrifying thing for me is anything involving your children. Anytime you're watching one of your children suffer or go through mm -hmm. something like that, the lengths to which any parent will and should go through. That's, and it's amazing that 
it's the United States of America. Yeah. Like we, you, you supposedly the greatest country in the world, and yet for something like, especially especially for marijuana, especially for cannabis, which yeah. doesn't make. I mean, it's it's so silly that it was illegal to begin with. I mean, there's such a twisted history to that as to oh, why yeah. it was illegal in a way that didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. But it ended up one of those things where it was illegal for so long that people just accepted that that meant it was bad right. and trying to slowly come out of that has been, has been so bizarre, but we've gone, it, it's uplifting because over the last several decades, we've gone through, I think a pretty good revolution with that. There, yeah. There's been a pretty good wind change. Do you remember, God, what year was it? Was it early nineties when Dr. Dre came out with a chronic? Do you remember yeah. that? Yep. And the fact that he put out, an album called The Chronic, and it had this giant marijuana leaf. That was, like, so taboo. Yeah. That was, like, at the time, that was such a big F you to the establishment. Now we're to the point where we've got medical cards, which is good. I'm not arguing mm-hmm. against any single part of that. But, God, and you were probably the same way when we were in school where that was, like, like marijuana was the unspoken thing. Like, you didn't talk about it. Right. We knew who had it. Right. Like, we knew who had it, okay? Right. But, yeah, you didn't dare talk about it because it was, like, and it was weird that it like it was one thing for it to be illegal but the level to which it was illegal yeah. to the point where it was classified up there with like heroin and cocaine and it still is unfortunately yeah and because uh, what's it considered like a category one substance or yeah. something like that I'm sure there's a technique I probably just screwed that up but um, and yet here we are and it's amazing that the more and I've only read just a little bit on it that for thousands and thousands of years this was used by people all across the world as a remedy for a great many things and all of a sudden here in America in the twenties we're like, Nope, ban it, can't have it. Yeah. It'll make you jump out a window or attack a woman or go right. crazy. And it was that movie that came up back then called Reefer Madness that was yes. supposed to like was giant one giant propaganda piece that'll mm-hmm. show how badly it will ruin your life. And that is that is bizarre. So are you you're able to get that more locally now too, because that's become yes. yes, that has since been um it's being made in Illinois mm-hmm. and is readily available at our dispensary. Oh, good. So that's good. Good. But to speak to like the part, like you're talking about the whole, you know, it was contraband. It was terrible. It was medicine. Mm-hmm. If you look back at history, how long it served as actual medicine yeah. prescribed by doctors, um, when it became this, you know, hush, hush, terrible thing, there was no reason for it. No. And the, the most infuriating part is looking into the reasoning behind that is because the government couldn't profit from it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's a natural plant. Yeah. They cannot profit from anything that occurs naturally in mm-hmm. nature. And they have they have a patent on CBD itself, the U.S. government, <laughs> which is appalling. It's right. like, really? With pages and pages and pages speaking to its neuroprotective properties, mm-hmm. where we're talking about TBIs, you know, traumatic brain injuries, seeing it completely regenerate parts of the brain that have been irrevocably damaged. They have all of this information just sitting there, and yet they still classify it with heroin yeah. and prosecute people is mind-boggling it is and you know i don't know it, it's kind of ends up goofy because um one of the things i was doing yesterday <clears throat> excuse me sort of in prep for this is i was reading a little bit on the reasoning behind the illegality of marijuana the crazy thing is is when they made it illegal at the time 
there was like there was marijuana and cannabis, which we all know are the same thing. Two different terms. Of course, one was the Mexican word for it. And uh, at the time that it was outlawed, prior to that, a lot of people who had medications had cannabis in it. Yeah. Like it'd say in the ingredients, it had cannabis in it. But marijuana was bad. Marijuana we had to get rid of. And I don't know, I still don't know how much credence to give this because one of the interesting things that I read is that a lot of it, um, like when you look like, you just simply Google, why did marijuana become illegal? And a couple of the sites, like stories that I read, made a really big deal about there being a racist aspect of it. Absolutely. And some of them only mentioned it a little. So I don't know how much it played out. I do know that about that time was when one of the articles I was reading was when the Me Mexican Revolution happened. Mm -hmm. So you had a big influx of immigrants. Of course, right. marijuana was widespread in South America mm -hmm. long before Columbus. I mean, right. it was something people used for everything, you know. Um, but of course, also you have these influx of immigrants. And let's face it, this is the 20s. I mean, we're not great about being anti-racist now, but we were even worse in the 20s. You right. know, you have a lot of immigrants who are coming in who are bringing this thing that they're smoking and so uh, the aspect of that becoming and I, I always wondered how much of it was a control issue you know if it wasn't another reason to stop and you know frisk which is kind of like the thing now you know you'd see that all the time police would pull somebody over oh i searched this car how come oh i smelled cannabis I'm like, okay did you really or was this but hopefully and God, wasn't there like something where when they there's a test of whoever it is that testified before Congress back in the 20s saying that marijuana needed to be illegal. Like even then the version of the the DEA basically said that it's not habit forming. It's not yeah. long. It's not addictive, you know, and yet still they're like, well, we still got it. But they didn't make it illegal. Like what they did is they put a tax on it. It was a one dollar tax. No, you had to get. Yeah, you had to get a one dollar a one dollar tax on it. But in applying for a permit, you had to reveal who you got it from and where you got it from, which basically effectively made it illegal because then right. you were outing your sources and nobody mm -hmm. was going to do that. So that's that's bizarre. Um, but she's doing good now. She's doing... She's doing amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, she'll be going to first grade this year. Oh, cool. So she's... She's running, climbing, swinging, doing everything that every other child should be doing at her age. And, yeah. Doing kid stuff. Doing kid stuff. <laughs> Just, like, if, if anything else, cannabis has given her her childhood. Oh, my God. What, um... So she's still continuing to take it? Is it still a regular... Yeah, we take it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll take it. It depends. Like, um, like I said, with the seizure activity increasing with, like, full moons or... Barometric pressure. If those things are occurring, then she'll get two doses a day, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Full moon. That's that's bizarre. It's it's funny how it affects. Yeah, it's it's one I for a long I think for a long time I um I regarded that full moon no, stuff as nonsense. Mm -hmm. Like I thought like oh come on like this is like saying well I do this because I'm a Pisces. No, you don't. You're just a jerk. Right. Um, there's a difference. Um, but the sky, especially the, the the years that I spent working in the medical field, oh yes, made me go, oh my god, this is for real. Yeah. This is like, like you didn't. There was something about having to work third shift in an emergency room on a weekend during a full moon in the mm -hmm. summer that it was just like everybody loses their damn mind. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you have any idea what that's about? Oh God, there's some you know in depth explanation to it but i saw you know the same thing i worked third shift in an assisted living oh, okay facility and i was the only employee on on third with 27 residents uh -huh. and 
those full moons. I never stopped moving. It was it was always me for interesting night. Yeah, that's funny. That's actually how me and my wife met. We were both CNAs in an assisted living facility, really? and we both worked third shift, and we'd both just like. I think that's how we ended up making such a great couple because we worked together and we, yeah, when it would be a full moon, we'd have to be like, okay, as a team, you and I got to come together and get yeah. through this because right. it was like, oh my Lord, they start losing their minds and you know, you never want to blame them for it. It's not their fault, but people crawling out of their beds right. and demanding mm -hmm. breakfast at two in the morning and yeah. And I've never, um, I've read a couple different things where it talks about how if you're, for example, with human beings who, you know, we tend to forget that we've existed for, as a species, for about half a million years. And we've only had civilization like the last like three, four thousand of that. Right. So if you go for hundreds of thousands of years of, oh, well, the full moon was, that was your time to go hunting. That was the time for people to go hunting, whether it was men, women. And, and so this sort of like thing of those who were the most successful at surviving was bred into them by whoever was most aggressive during a full moon and you do that for hundreds of thousands of years i i think it makes sense i'm not somebody else had written something about how it had something to do with the the moon and the magnetic pull and mm -hmm. iron in our blood and i don't know which one is true if they're both total bullshit but there's definitely something yeah definitely so are we going to start keeping CBD oil at the nursing homes? Because they should. They should. <laughs> what they I should. what I would have loved to have had some back then and just be like, you know, like the, you remember those little spray bottles of like uh -huh. uh, mouth spray? Yeah, if you could just go down the hall and just right, you probably have a mud. And residents probably be happier too. So, wow, that is a crazy, crazy story. Um, were you able to when you were back? So you gone to Colorado mm -hmm. when you had gotten back to Illinois. Did you have to continually make trips back and forth to get resupplied or? No, because luckily the grand mal seizures that she was having was so infrequent. Mm -hmm. It was only with that ear infection. Um, we got tubes put in her ears. Oh, okay. And so we've had to replace those three times. Mm -hmm. But to just to avoid that seizure activity, um, you know, that was associated with the infection. So luckily we haven't had to. Mm-hmm. The... Um... So at the time when you did this, did you let your primary know about it? Like, oh, by the way, we went to Colorado and... I wasn't very quiet about it. Uh, one thing people can say about me is I, I'm a pretty <laughs> open book. Like, I'm, you know, I'm sharing and uh, most of my experiences. And mm -hmm. I definitely told him just flat out, this is what we're doing. I'd love to have you on board. If you're not, that's cool. Uh -huh. But Did you get any static from that or were they pretty... Was pretty great about it yeah yeah i've gotten static from other places but uh, well there's always going to be those you know and especially did a documentary um with the illinois medical cannabis community a few years ago oh really and after that came out um you know the side eye at the grocery store oh and you know the mom's kind of whispering oh god it's like okay you know that's cool you do you yeah well, especially in a little town like Winnebago. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I would never talk bad about the town. It's a it's a great village. I loved growing up there. Um, but that is one of the other aspects of mm -hmm. it. That There's that, like, underpinning of conservative sort of, mm -hmm. like, and the gossip. Oh, Lord, the gossip. Um, well, that's really awesome. Especially, um, I'm trying to think. So, in that, how long ago was it that it became legal in Illinois? Was it a year ago now? Two years ago oh, now? Oh, that it became legal... Or medical? Yeah, or? for medical. 
been a few years. Has I'm it? I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. I'm so off track she with that. She became a patient at two, so that was four. Oh, okay. Um, for recreational, it was just this, this year. Okay. Well, good. Make some money off it. Let the government do it. That's one of the things that kind of, I guess, the only problem that I have with it becoming legal, which I shouldn't state it that way. I don't have a problem with it becoming legal, but I sort of feel like if we're going to make cannabis and we're going to make that stuff legal, don't we need to, like, strike the records of everybody who's ever been arrested for that? Precisely. You know, there's so many people who are still in jail for that, for possession, for selling, and yet now we turn around and business owners and pharmaceutical companies are going to start making massive bankroll off of this. And these, right. there are these people who are like still in jail with like 15 year sentences just for possession. Right. It's, it's a systematic problem. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, we have that issue and I, I, there, we had this issue for a long time. We still have this problem. I don't know if you heard about this, but part of the fight, I remember, Oh, I was reading an article about this a few years ago, but one of the big problems that they had with legalizing marijuana is that several states had private prisons, and I don't know if you heard about this, mm. and they had, these private prisons had arrangements with the state that they had to be at certain percentage, certain census full, and so therefore there was a big push by these people to keep a lot of those laws on the books mm -hmm. because it made it real easy to fill the cells. Right. It made it real easy to pull somebody over and nail them for having a dime bag in their pocket and, mm -hmm. oh, good, that just bumped up our census numbers. And Which, if that isn't a twisted way to deal with law and order, like when you're going to purposely put, or I shouldn't say put, but keep laws on the books, specifically so that you can put people in jail. Right. Which doesn't that defy the whole meaning of law enforcement to begin with? And I'm not talking bad about law enforcement. You know, I have plenty of friends that work in law enforcement, but it just seems like such a twisted way to deal with that. Like, oh, well, now that we know that this is helping a lot of people, too bad we need to keep it illegal because we need to keep people in jail. Right. If that isn't the most, like, fucked up backwards way sure. of viewing this thing. Mm -hmm. oh. So what, um, what originally, I know you had said that... Um, uh, when your daughter was having these problems when she was two, and obviously the pharmaceuticals weren't working, and we could do a whole podcast in and of itself on how messed up the pharmaceutical industry is. Right. Was there something specific that tipped you off towards going down that avenue? Um, in general, it was nightly news. Okay. Even before Emerson was born, I had seen the story of Charlotte. Um, what was that? Colorado. Okay. Um, she had a seizure disorder where she was essentially seizing constantly. Constantly in a state of seizure. Oh, wow. Um, no quality of life. And that was where Charlotte's Web was formed. The company was to make that string for her. It's where it initially started from. And the success with that string for her gave her a semi-normal far more normal state of living than anything ever had. Mm -hmm. And so that's what really tipped me off to going down that road and then discovering so many other children like her. It's mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just children. That's the biggest, it's probably the biggest eye-opener in this entire journey is how many people's lives are saved and absolutely changed for the better. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing a 70-some-year-old grandmother at the dispensary who couldn't tend her roses for 15 years yeah. 
because of chronic arthritis pain, who is taking an oil like Emerson, where she's not necessarily high, but it treats that inflammation and it, she's tending her roses. She's mm -hmm. living her best life in her 70s. Mm -hmm. um, it's such an eye-opener. It's life-changing for so many people. And honestly, I mean, in my opinion, every single living person should be using some form of CBD. Mm -hmm. But that in itself comes with huge, like, you know, cautionary tales. <laughs> you, you've got CBD being, you know, sold everywhere now. Mm -hmm. You see it at the gas station. Yeah. And it's horrifying. Yeah. Like, it's, it just... I just shake my head. Well, part part of me wonders if, and I have no background on this whatsoever, but when I see that, like all of a sudden it was like one day, all of a sudden the gas station I go to on my way to work to get coffee every day is like CBD oil available here. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that almost makes me think of like gas station sushi. Yeah, exactly. Like what's our level of quality control exactly, here? Exactly, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like CBD in itself is amazing. It, it can help anyone with it. We all have an ECS system. So those things naturally help our immune system, help inflammation, help all of the organs, the whole deal work together better. Um, but you have to be so careful about where it comes from. Um, you know, seeing it at the grocery store or the pharmacy or the gas station, those are not products that you want to buy. Mm -hmm. And learning about how important that is, it's the difference between putting something that can exponentially help you into your body or poison you. Mm -hmm. Because there's no regulation on these fly-by-night CBD companies that are selling it everywhere and they're selling gummies and they're selling whatever. There's absolutely no testing. There's no regulation. Um, a very large percentage of those items being sold are poisonous. Oh, really? Yes. So that all goes back to the hemp plant itself. These are all hemp-derived CBDs. Um, and the hemp plant is kind of like, I've talked about this before and done Facebook Lives, and I kind of go Bill Nye Science Guy, and <laughs> I'll try to rein it in for you. No, no, let it rip. Do it. Um, I love it. The C the, so the, the hemp plant itself is like nature's filter, and they have been used, hemp crops used for generations to cleanse soil. So if you're farming a, a piece of land and your soil quality is heavy metal, other nasty yucky stuff and it's not something that you can then sell because of that contamination planting hemp draws all of it out mm. so the hemp plant is kind of like a pool filter that's how i'd like to explain it and you know it's pulling everything out of the soil up into itself and then the soil is cleaned but when you have these fly-by-night cbd companies they aren't sourcing where their hemp is coming from. They aren't testing that soil, which mostly has heavy metals oh, and okay. other really nasty, gnarly mm -hmm. things. And so if you don't know where it comes from, you are taking a huge risk yeah. in buying the gas station CBD and taking it because you could be doing more harm than good. Okay. Yeah, you really have to investigate. Anything with second and third party testing, 
Third party testing being the big one, do your research. Mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that every living person should be using a CBD product of some kind, but you have to be super careful. Yeah. And there's literally just one company that I recommend knowingly that it's 100% organic and vetted the way it should be, Mm -hmm. but it's so dangerous. Yeah. That hemp plant just draws everything nasty out of the soil and holds on to it. Mm-hmm. So, super, super scary. Yeah, I guess it would make a difference if you had a, a keep in mind that it is a plant and a plant that you're going to basically take and put into your body. Right. A big difference between a plant that's grown in like healthy natural soil versus exactly. one that somebody threw a bunch of seeds into a ground where there used to be a battery plant mm-hmm. and let them grow and then, oh, here you go. Right. That's always part of the problem with capitalism, though. You know, anytime yes. something gets big, you get companies like, I don't mean to compare. It was a couple of years ago when you could buy a damn fidget spinner anywhere. You remember oh, that? Yeah. Yeah. It was like all of a sudden fidget spinners were big and you could get the nice ones or every gas station on the planet and convenience store and kiosk was selling fidget spinners. And that's what really got into my head where it was like, it felt like the gas station I always went to was like they had the fidget spinner sign up in the window and that came down and it was replaced by a CBD oil mm-hmm. one. And I kind of went, Newest, hottest bag. Yeah. And I've never used CBD oil. So I have, that's why, you know, someone like you was great to come out so you can kind of inform me about this. I, gosh, I want to say it was like um, a year or so ago, I tried a THC, which I felt like blew my head off. Mm-hmm. That was, it was a medicinal strength. Um, I was having a lot of back pain. And I have a friend of mine who's got a lot of chronic pain. And so she had the prescription. So she had one of these thc joints and i you know she's like oh give this a try you know and if it you know works for your back maybe you'll give it a try and man i'll tell you i smoked about half that thing and my friend and other people i've talked to assures me it was just a bad reaction like me personally just had a bad reaction but i i naturally on a scale of one to ten function at about a level of three or four on the anxiety level mm-hmm. and it went to like 15. Oh, yeah. like i was my i felt like my heart was going to beat out of my chest i remember mm-hmm. like for the longest time i'm like well what if this happens and what if this happens and oh my god the house could fall over and then no and i remember that night i i want to say i did it like seven o'clock at night and i was up till two in the morning just yeah. staring at the wall mm-hmm. like oh my god oh my god yeah and somebody, a couple of people I talked to were like, well, first of all, you had a bad reaction. Right. Second of all, it's way like so potent compared to, especially if you, you know, you've never had any level of building up to anything to all of a sudden right. just like, it's like never drinking before and you just down a bottle of scotch. You're right. going to react. You right. don't have any tolerance. Built no up good for things. It. But so I can't say, but I've got a, and another thing that I wonder, maybe you can speak to this is, um. You know, you always have those people, especially on Facebook, who, like, get into, like, the, uh, I don't want to say Ponzi scheme things, because they're not all Ponzi schemes. I mean, another thing where they get into some kind of club where, like, mm-hmm. they buy it from somebody, and then if they get so many members. I've got a couple friends on Facebook now that are doing that with CBD, mm-hmm. and I wonder all the time. I'm like, you know, here's somebody I know or I've known for 20 years, and if I was ever going to try it, that wouldn't be a bad way to support them, too. But it's just like we were talking about. I begin to wonder exactly where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Investigate. You know, you have to do your research. And knowing the quality before you take it is absolute key. Mm-hmm. How does... So people do CBD oil, because, again, you're, you're talking to an idiot child with this stuff. <laughs> but um, is it like a dropper on the tongue or in a cup of water it comes in so many variations. Generally, it's a dropper. Okay. Um, 
and it's best absorbed underneath the tongue. So yeah, you generally take a few drops and put it under your tongue to be absorbed subliminally. Um, you can get it in gummy form. You can get it in so many different forms now, especially since we've legalized here in Illinois. There's so many different products available. Mm -hmm. Huh. That, that would be a nasty kid's birthday party, wouldn't it? Switch out the gummy bears on edibles and just watch and see what happens. I'd never do that to kids. I'm not advocating for that. Wow, that is that is pretty pretty wild stuff. And yeah, we were you know earlier in the podcast we were saying it just made me laugh because I remember so much being especially like back when we were in high school mm-hmm. and the the attitude that was towards it, especially towards like any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had to have a good laugh. I want to say it was like three, four years ago. So it was before it was legalized, but the Freeport Police Department had posted this picture on Facebook of this drug bust they had done. It was all these bricks of marijuana. Mm-hmm. And they posted it like this great, look at us serving the community and blah, blah, blah. And I, I laughed and I was also so proud because like 95% of the comments were like, so what? Big deal. Right. Why don't you deal with the home invasion problem we have? And nobody gives a shit about marijuana. Right. You know, good for you. Wow. Um and I always like, I felt that way for a long time. I always liked Bill Murray's idea about it, about how we should legalize it and put a tax on it, use that money to fix the holes Absolutely. in the road. We can call the program potholes, which made total sense to me. For sure. Um, so do you, are you like up on, I guess, following the news as this sort of stuff progresses and where it's going? Are we in a good place in terms We're of? We're in a good place, especially in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting everybody else on board. Yeah. I think Illinois has really taken off with it um, to where it's readily available. We need to talk about pricing because it's not doable for a lot of people at the recreational prices and taxes is insane. But then you have to wait, is it, do you benefit from it enough to pay that amount or our medical program is still growing. So that's good to see that that hasn't stalemated, you know, with the legalization of, um, recreational so i think we're in a good place is any of that covered by insurance are there some insurance companies that no. they're all just 100 percent you're on your own with that yep. everybody it's all a pocket i wonder how long that'll take yeah that would be nice you know well it just makes sense when it's like especially from a financial standpoint mm-hmm. it was especially as far as the insurance company is concerned where it's, it's cheaper for the probably cheaper for the insurance company to pay for a supply of cbd oil than it is pharmaceuticals and multiple trips to the doctor and potential hospitalizations mm-hmm. and trying experimental therapies and versus just, oh, take some CBD. That seems like... Absolutely. And the money that even we had to put out out of pocket with excellent insurance mm-hmm. during those pharmaceutical days was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hand over fist money. Yeah. So I can't imagine, you know, you're looking at it from the insurance company standpoint, you'd say, well, why don't you try this? And... See if we can save some money together. Right, yeah. But no, that's uh, it all goes back to the where it's still scheduled. It's a schedule, I can't remember if it's one or two, next to heroin. Um, even though it's legalized at a state level, it's still illegal at a federal level. Mm-hmm. So until all that kind of comes together, I don't think we'll see any insurance companies jumping on board. We need to get Cheech and Chong on the White House. I feel like that would change a lot of laws really, really quick. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, speaking from a person, I have generalized anxiety. Mm. I have um, fibromyalgia, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome. 
I was in a place where it was like I had just gone through this journey with Emerson and seeing what it did for her and then being diagnosed with these things and they want to give me Xanax and they want to give me antidepressants and all of these other things and I'm sitting here thinking how am I how am I going to take care of my three-year-old mm-hmm. special needs child and my other two children while using Xanax for my anxiety that I've gotten from this whole situation and it's been it's been a game changer for me as well well good well some of it so much of that stuff is just frightening because um you know it, it's one thing if you have something like um you know like let's say somebody who has chronic back pain mm-hmm. and they say well you know try this pain med and this pain med and you can get to the point where it's like it, something that used to work really good eventually is barely taking the edge off um so they keep upping your medications and mm-hmm. then you get to the point where you're you know, you're addicted to it or you're taking so many opiates that you're, you know, like I said, addicted to it or it's causing you other problems. Um, and the over-the-counters, you know, I I don't know to this day what damage I did to my stomach or liver, but years ago I had a whole bunch of problems with joint pain. Mm-hmm. And I was, God, I want to say like I had like every four or six hours I was down in four ibuprofen. I mean, and I did that for years. Mm-hmm. And God only knows what damage I did internally to the whole digestive system. Right. But it's even scarier when you're dealing with something that's any kind of mental health, mm-hmm. any sort of depression, anxiety, and doctors just start playing chemistry set mm-hmm. with your brain, man. That's what's, and it's crazy. And I'm not trying to overly make a political statement in this regard, but it's sort of like, you know, any of the time, or I shouldn't say any of the time, but a lot of the times when you see these like mass shootings, the person who was the shooter had been seeing a psychiatrist and over the years had been on so many psych meds. Under a doctor's care. Under a doctor's care, exactly. The one that always still to this day hits me when the NIU shooting happened mm-hmm. and I was a student at NIU at the time mm-hmm. at the time it happened I wasn't on campus um, I had been on campus earlier that morning um, and that really like put me down the rabbit hole of really following that one on the news because I want to know why mm-hmm. like why would somebody walk into a classroom where they don't know any of the students don't know the teacher's aid and just start blasting mm-hmm. we come to find out that he had had such a long complicated history with psychiatrists and had been on med after med after med after med and it seemed like he would get you know i feel depressed okay well let's give you a medication for it he feels pretty good over the course of time it's not having as much as an effect oh well we'll up the dosage and this and eventually it gets to the point where like that guy was so numb that to him the world was just not even reality as you and i sense it and yet when you can have a uh, like a natural way to get around all of that without all those side effects. Absolutely. Especially sudden death. Like that one, like ever since you said that, I'm just like, I can't even imagine being in that position. Well, your child's going to go into a seizure and when they do break this glass in case of emergency, and oh, by the way, they might die in the process. Absolutely. That's why, and I think everybody jokes about it, anytime there's like a, commercial for medication and they list the side effects and it's like mm-hmm. something for migraines and like you know the side effects are everything from yeah, su- I can't help but laugh. suicidal thoughts and actions may turn into a wombat you know they, they just get so bad that unexpected just like... anal leakage <laughs> I was sitting there the other day listening to the side effects I was like excuse me this is a treatment for psoriasis and we're wait what happened 
yeah, you have a problem with dry skin, and if you take this medication, your rectum might turn right. into an open bag of leaves and just yeah. <laughs> the Some of those. I'd have to see if I can find it. Maybe if I find it, I'll post it on the on the Facebook page for this podcast. But I remember Steve Martin years ago did a bit about that. I want to say it was on mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, where it was something really, really mild, where it was like pain that's considered like a three or less. You mm-hmm. can take this medication. And the side effects was like four paragraphs mm-hmm. that was like, and it, that just kept getting more and more bizarre. Like you might potentially grow wings and fly off into a full moon, never right. to be seen again. But, well, that's, I'm, I'm glad that we're on a, on a good path with that. I keep, I'm going to, I keep thinking about that insurance company thing because it seems like that's one of those things where even if the insurance companies don't care about you, which most of them don't, yeah. um, that just from a financial sense, it would make sense for them to, cover like yeah just chuck cbd oil at everybody it's way cheaper than pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. and therapies and surgeries and and all that kind of stuff and i'm how many are now are there a lot of since it's become medicinal has there has any of the i guess this is a really broad question but have any like doctors in illinois like caught up to that like in terms of actually prescribing it or is it more one of those do you think um, somebody has to bring it up to the doctor first so yeah you definitely have to bring it up to the doctor first there are a few forward-thinking practitioners that will suggest it. Um, most of them won't help you get your card. Mm-hmm. So there are clinics in towards Chicago and, and that area that will help you specifically that have a doctor on site, get your medical card, pay the fees, fill out the paperwork, and certify you as a patient. Um, I think we have some catching up to do, though. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time, Emmy went through this getting her card i won't name the health system but there was a gag order really their physicians were not allowed to even speak about it why let alone help a patient and now there are two of those in our area what um not even allowed to speak of it so if your patient comes to you and asks you your opinion i don't think it's a good idea i can't help you and just shut it down. Why? That is so bizarre. Yeah. Is it just old hang-ups clinging? Yeah, I think so. You know, I don't know. I can't find a good explanation. Yeah. Because in all of the research that I've done, yeah, like, the spectrum of people that cannabis can help. And then you have, you know, you have the naysayers that say, oh, they go back to that stigma of the potheads and the, you know, lay on the couch all day. Emmy uses cannabis that doesn't make her high. Yeah. There's THC there. Mm-hmm. But that's the only thing that's been able to slow down the misfires in her brain. Yeah. Is that THC that was missing. The grandmother that has tended her roses for the first time in 15 years, she's using THC. Mm-hmm. But not in a way that she gets high. Yeah. So getting people to recognize that it can be used in so many ways without altering mm-hmm. where you're at mentally or your clarity. Um, people just don't get it until you see it firsthand. Well, that's such a weird stereotype, and it existed. I don't know if you were that way, but I believed that for a long time. Like, oh, those, yeah, those potheads. You there just see them time, sitting around eating those munchies. And for a long time, I held on to that in my head. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, if you smoke it, it's going to make you just want to be lazy and sit back and not do anything. And the more I've, the older I've gotten, the more I've, you know, it's not, it'll be interesting how it changes in the three major sports, like, the NBA, MLB, and NFL, because for a long time they were banning people or suspending games for testing positive. And right. now that it's become legal, it's going to be interesting to see. 
But one of the places that I think that they've never ever tested it for is like in the UFC. And I'm not a huge UFC guy. But you see these guys who are just like physical freaks. Like they're just these muscle bound who you know are training seven, eight, nine hours a day for months on end. And they freely admit that every day they either use cannabis oil or just straight up smoke a joint. It's like, well, that dude's not lazy. Right. Like that dude could beat the shit out of me. (laughs) He's not, he's not lazy. So, so that's, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to out you. I'm not going to ask you to name it, but make sure I understood. So in the greater state line area here, there are three major medical networks. There are two. Okay. That I know of right now. That are against it though. That are against it. So two out of the three are like. Yeah, no thanks. Wow. Won't even speak about it. Wow. Hmm. That's that's nuts. I was I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I don't expect people to listen to the podcast. It's a pretty bad podcast. But um, a couple of episodes ago, I had Shannon Myers on. I don't know if you remember her from Bagot. Yeah. She, she was Shannon Oakley back then. She's a rock star. She's freaking amazing. Um, but in that podcast, she was talking about how traditionally we're sort of caught in this cycle where doctors are always like 10 years behind the research. Mm-hmm. And so I keep wondering when that stuff, that's part of the reason why I asked you if there are a lot of doctors who will openly be about it or if we're still in the lag period on that, if that's if that's going to end up catching up to us. Yeah. Oh, I'm completely. And it's not even, in, I don't think it's even an individual view mm-hmm. in terms of doctors. Like a corporate view. It's a corporate view and it's a corporate, corporate um, gag order. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I don't think it's the individual doctors, but definitely. I wonder if it's got something to do with pharmaceutical companies. Of course, everything does. Yeah. It, 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 everything does in a health system. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it all goes back to the FDA and non-profitability and yeah. all that jazz. And they've tried to recreate it. There is a new epilepsy drug out um, that uses an isolate. It's a, a, an epilepsy medication. Uses an isolate of CBD. Combine them with pharmaceutical sludge. <laughs> I say that affectionately. Um, and great. they're marketing that to families with children. Okay. But because it has the sludge part in it and that isolate of CBD, they can profit from it. So now they're trying to figure out how they can get away with using a little bit of the natural, but then adding in all this other crap. So they get the benefits of it while still getting to be their own sludge. Right. I love that term. That's great. I'm going to, that's mine now. I'm using that. (laughs) That is awesome. I don't know. And that's one of the things that's always been frustrating to me. And I, don't know about you. I'm probably going to take a hard left here, but personally, I'm a huge fan of the concept of Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it just makes sense. Um, there are people who point out a lot of cons to that, and I think there's probably some credence to some of that. I get it, but our medical system is so broken right now. Broken it is such an absolute mess, dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and it isn't such a big surprise when it's something that virtually every single developed nation in the world has some form of nationalized healthcare Mm -hmm. and it works extremely well. Right. You know, I want to say, what was it? I think it was last year in England that theirs was so good that in their version of time magazine, they literally named their person of the year, the NHS, the national health system, because Mm -hmm. is it perfect? No, 
you know, anytime you're dealing with any kind of program that's designed to help every member of a country, you're going to have problems with it. But, you know, when you look at the statistics in America of the problems that people have in access to healthcare, and especially, and I think we're learning that now, especially with we got the Rona going down, mm-hmm. is that having having healthcare tied to employment and the amount of Americans over the last like several months who have lost their jobs and have therefore have lost their insurance, you know, mm-hmm. just tens of millions of people who a lot of them were relying on that, not just for your, I got the sniffles, I need to go to the doctor, right. but also who have children who have chronic issues, have family members who have chronic issues, and then they just, they lose their insurance. And when you read these stories about people who were diabetic and died because they couldn't afford the insulin anymore, the thought that that happens in this country to me is just it, it drives me absolutely insane as an american citizen yeah whether you have to choose between your housing and your medicine or the fact that that's even going down is mm-hmm. just mind-blowing and the fact that we could do it and it'd be like way cheaper mm-hmm. that's the amazing thing is that rather than and people think that part of the the idea behind medicare for all is that the government would take over medicine that's not true at all right. just the government would pay for it right you know rather than you know different insurance companies competing with each other and arguing with each other and trying to nickel and dime each other mm-hmm. and back and forth is that the government will just take over that branch of it the government's not going to be in charge of the hospital. The government's right. not going to be in charge of, you know, they're just going to handle the payment aspect of it so that every single person gets covered. I, I remember one of the areas that we lead the world in is infant mortality rate. Mm-hmm. We're like towards the top yeah. of developed nations. So many babies in this country die primarily because moms can't afford health care. A lot of it's prenatal care. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's excuse me, uh, you know, a woman gets pregnant and because they don't have health insurance, they never go to the doctor until they go into labor. Mm -hmm. And so many problems that can happen therein could have easily been prevented or at least managed long before the actual delivery day came. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, me personally, I kind of get ashamed, just like you were saying, like, this is the United States of America. Like, we are the greatest nation in the world. Mm -hmm. We have more wealth than any other country, and yet... Our people are suffering and dying and all all because... But then when you look, just like you were saying, the pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. the amount of money these people give to senators and representatives yes. and... Everyone like, is bought. Yeah, 100%. I remember, Everyone is purchased. <laughs> I remember Cory Booker, who's a Democratic senator early on in this campaign season. He was one of the early Democratic-like candidates who mm-hmm. had entered the ring for president. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about him. Uh, but he seemed young and energetic, and I went and looked into him, and he has, throughout his short career, has just taken gobs and gobs of money from the pharmaceutical industry. And I'm like, how if this guy's president, is he ever going to get behind Medicare for all? Right. No, because the pharmaceutical companies are going to lose so much money. When you've got a vial of insulin that in Canada or England goes for like $3, and the United States it goes for $400, even though it's manufactured here, it's not even imported. Yeah. We have to take the business out of medicine. We do. It has yeah. no place. We need to put the human back into the medical model and take the business out. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the hardest thing, and you see it, and you I'm sure you went through this with your daughter, because I've been through this, and I know friends who have dealt with it way worse than I have, who, you know, the doctors and doctor's offices and the health networks are so pressured to get as many patients in and out as possible 
that you know you sort of feel like you have an issue you have something that you want to have an honest and open and intelligent conversation with your doctor about it and they're they walk in and they've more got the attitude like they're in a nascar pit crew mm -hmm. like they just come in uh-huh uh-huh okay okay i'll write you a script all right have a nice day and they're out the door and yep. you're like you're left leaving like more confused than when you walked mm -hmm. in and yet that's that's what happens when you start to mesh capitalism with healthcare. yeah is that Everything's about efficiency and pump it out and money chain Profitability. bill. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, I want to, um, that is, I'm, I'm really, really glad your daughter's doing well. I, I remember we had um, my oldest, who's now 17 and sitting about five feet below us playing PlayStation right now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he had that when he was... A little over a year old, he had a seizure. He had a like a full grand mal seizure, um, and his was a result, I think, from just having. He had a really high fever that mm -hmm. had just spiked. Fever. Yeah, fever one, and we had. I don't know if it was the exact same medication, but for a year after that, we kept. You know, it was a syringe that was in his diaper bag that had to be administered rectally and had all these insane side effects. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like. That's probably where the anxiety starts as a parent. You start oh, you yeah. start going through the scenarios. And I'm like, God, what happens if, you know, he's here he is, you know, just a little over a year old, and we're out at Cherryville Mall or something. All of a sudden, he goes into a seizure, and I've got to flip him open, pop this thing in, inject it, and pray he doesn't die. Yeah. You know. So, well, I'm really really glad she's doing good. Thank you. That is that is absolutely amazing. That's the anxiety level I think with parents and kids is just absolutely, and anytime you're watching a child suffer, especially when it's your child. Yeah, it's you know? just sheer heartache. Yeah, and it hits moms harder. Mm -hmm. I don't care what people say, it hits moms way harder. You know, not that us dads don't feel it, but as a mom having carried that child and everything, mm -hmm. and, and you, we always have this thing like, as parents, we want to fix it. Yeah. We want to fix the pain and the suffering and when you can't, and so I'm, I'm really, really glad you found an avenue for that. Um, so we're going to close down, um, but I'll give the floor to you if you've got anything you want to say on the way out to the people. There's dozens of people who <laughs> want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know. The biggest takeaway from the conversation would be, you know, if you're suffering, mm -hmm. it can be chronic pain, joint pain. Look into it. Do some research. Even if you don't want to go the medical cannabis route, or the cannabis route, the CBD, definitely look into it because it's life-changing. I can speak to the fact that it's life-changing. Um, I was prescribed 27 different medications. Really? In the time that I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome because it encompasses so many symptoms. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, and they couldn't pinpoint what it was, if it was connected to this or that. Or, and I didn't feel one of them. I've never filled one of them. Um, once I started taking the CBD and now the cannabis oil, because I have my card as well, it's the same as my daughter's. You know, there's no high involved, but the inflammation and the anxiety and how it treats so much in one tiny little, you know, rice-sized dose. Mm -hmm. If you're suffering, open your mind, do your research. There's an answer. Well, especially where you said with that lady who for years and years and years couldn't do what she wanted to do because she was in chronic pain and now, you know. Yeah. 
I always think about that with stuff where it's like we have this tendency with the human body like, oh, that's kind of nagging, kind of, oh, we'll see if it gets better. Right. And you look back and realize it's been years and how much time did you limit yourself. I saw that a lot. I worked in ortho mm-hmm. um, for a while and you'd have somebody in their like 50s, 60s who had chronic hip pain because they needed surgery and rather than going to their doctor, they just decided to just nurse it. Right. And over years of nursing it and just sitting in the recliner, now they've put on weight. Now the problem's compounding itself and... So I always say to people, you know, you always feel like you don't want to be the person, you know, you don't want to be the hypochondriac. You don't right. want to be the second you sneeze, get on mayoclinic.com and they're like, oh, you have a brain tumor and you freak out and call your doctor. You don't want to be that person. <laughs> but on the other hand, if you genuinely think something's wrong, yeah, yeah, don't wait forever. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for um, having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully, um, hopefully all this continues to get better and maybe a few years from now we can do another one of these and we can talk about how we've got cbd vending machines is that going to be a thing do we not okay oh, you got to be as long as it's reputable cbd i'm down you got to be carded for it don't you do you have to be 18 to buy cbd no i don't think you do really yeah i don't think so So you could just like have like like right next to the twix bars all willy-nilly, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not i'm not buying cbd from a vending machine that freaks me out <laughs> please don't let's not do that <laughs> definitely frowned upon all right folks well thank you so much for listening